All right. Hi, Kenny. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Mayanne. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. My pleasure. So for, you know, our audience that don't know you, it'd be great to sort of hear a little bit about your story of when and why you decided to start your agency, Phoenix 21 Creative. So if you want to tell us a little bit about it, that'd be great. Absolutely. Well, I I wish it was a a very sexy story where I am this like brilliant genius who saw a new way to market to the world. But truth be told, I actually was going through a a rough season in my employment. I had gone, I don't know, a decade plus with just making, you know, career moves and never been let go, always was able to take the next step and had a background in some sales and management. So I could at least get an interview and uh, was working at a uh, insurance agency and just didn't click. Uh, I knew it. The agency owners knew it. And I had also started becoming very interested in content marketing, email marketing, website design at that time. I had been interested for a while and then researched it, but never really taken action. It was more academic study. But I had developed a, a leadership, a uh, weekly leadership email that had grown to where I had subscribers on MailChimp. And that started to uh, outgrow itself and wanted to and created a, a website. And started growing, you know, a, a nice little community. And I think the the owners, as as they put it, you know, they started to see that I was putting a little bit more effort into building that up than I was into chasing down trucking companies to sell them insurance. And so we we just had a conversation and said, you know, this this isn't working for us. Is we see it's not working for you. You know, we'll we'll let you go, give you some severance, and and let you move on to the next thing. And that's when I got a chance to say, well, let's let's make a go of it. And I, but I thought, you know, I need to get some education first, right? You know, I, I don't know anything about agency world or getting clients and with this stuff. And found a local agency that was hiring at the time. They uh, were interviewing for account managers, but when I came in, they were like, okay, well, you could write, you could sell, you can do a little of this and that. And they were more of a traditional agency, you know, big uh, ad campaigns, TV, radio, print. And I think they saw me as a way to, to dip their toe in the water of, of inbound marketing, digital marketing. And uh, over the three months I was there, you know, the fit just never really clicked. I learned, I learned a lot, but it, it, I don't think it ever was going to work out. And after my three months, they just said, you know what, isn't working for us. So I'd gone 10 years without losing a job. And, and then in the span of four months, lost one twice. Now, at the time I had a, you know, a, married, still married. And we had uh, three kids and I was hungry. And so I was like, well, we, we need to pay rent. We need to pay you know bills. We need to put food on the table. And I decided to you know call up a, a client who or a, a potential client at the last agency who their budget was just way too small. You know, this agency's established and, you know, they, they charge thousands on thousands for websites, which, you know, now we do. But at the time, I thought that was astronomical. And so I called up this little bitty uh, law office and said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going out on my own and, and uh, I'll build that website for less. And, you know, they considered it and they, they were one of my first clients. And as a matter of fact, I was just on the phone with them today discussing some changes. So they've been with us since almost the beginning. And 
at that point, you know, I, I started finding people who just needed cost-effective websites built and started running with that. And so I'm like a lot of others where it's an, I'm an accidental agency owner. And uh, so I wish I could say there was a big vision, but really I'm super nerdy. I had a family, I needed to eat and it became a perfect storm to launch this business. And now here we are almost four years later, continuing to grow. We have some great partnerships. We've got some team members, got some great relationships with contractors and you know, still have a roof over my head and, and food for my kids. So uh, I'm, I'm a happy camper. That's awesome. That's actually a really nice story. And I think you're not the only one that sort of, you know, you have to sort of uh, fight for, you know, it's like it's one of those survival mode that you get into. And in a way, it allows you to be creative, strangely enough. Yep. Um, and, and like you said, you know, you went out and look for clients and build your own business. And four years later, it's, you're still standing and doing great. So, I mean, you know, I, it's really amazing. And congratulations on that. Um, so, you know, I, I'd love to hear a little bit more about your team since you mentioned them. So how many are you uh, at the moment? At the moment? So we've, we've always been a blend of contractors and I don't like the word uh, employees to quote somebody that I follow. He said, you know, uh, employees show up late, leave early and steal while they're there. So <laughs> We, we have two right now internal team members and we've had more. So, you know, we have ups and downs just like every agency and you start learning how to properly scope and forecast. And, but we have a couple of really strong contractor partnerships, um, some strategic partnerships uh, with other providers who complement our niche or, you know, we've just found that it's been good for us in terms of profit and the end client being happy. Um, to connect them. And then, um, and so we have two, three, four, uh, two internal team members and, and maybe uh, two or three others that we connect on a regular basis with for um, project work. Right. And then is your team a remote team or is it a team of people that is, um, that is based uh, in, uh, in an office with you? So as of right now, uh, we're in an office, although I would say we, uh, we've been prepping to go remote. The, the, the two people that work for me are, are actually a married couple. And in the fall, they're going to be um, spending some time in the UK. And so uh, that's, that's been, you know, something on our radar for a while. And because of that, we've been prepping for well over a year on just different methodologies, software, and experiments to see how the the remote experience would work. So in some cases lately, um, we've gotten to where uh, everybody, we might meet at the office uh, once or twice a week for the morning. Yeah. And then everybody can scatter in the afternoon, you know, go set up in your favorite coffee shop. Or um, for me, there's a, a, a local restaurant that has, uh, I'm a caffeine enthusiast is what it says on my title. So I love coffee and tea and you know, there's I have a favorite place has tea and Wi-Fi and um, I'm on like a first name basis with everybody there. So it's a it's a great place for me to go sh set up shop and get some tea and you get the energy of an office with everybody coming through and having conversations. But I can throw on my headphones and um, put my head down and, and get to work. So it's been it's been a good experience for me too. also being remote is that I have a um, 
I have three biological kids, but my wife and I are foster parents. Okay. And and so with have and we're so we're up to five kids. So I have a basketball team. Oh wow. And, uh, <laughs> and so and they're all uh, uh, age nine and under. So yeah. So my hair is graying rapidly. You know, there's there's times where. I need to have the flexibility uh, to go and and help my wife pick up kids or um, there's special events. And obviously I can be pulled in different directions. And, you know, a couple of our foster kids, they have special some special needs. Um, so that means extra doctor visits and appointments and things like that. And having um, building the team over the, the last couple of years to tolerate, not just tolerate, but thrive in a, in a remote environment where I don't have to sit with them every day for them to be productive has been a tremendous blessing for me to be able to do work at a high level, but not, but allow me to also be present with my family when I need to. And so I'm, I'm very grateful that uh, the team is, has been built that way. We take a lot of inspiration from Basecamp, uh, and we we read their books religiously. We I even have stickers uh, that we put on our laptops that say it doesn't have to be crazy at work. So and so following their pattern and seeing just the benefits and testimonies of their team members about the impact it's had on their lives, we've tried to bring that in and really treat every person uh, as a whole person and not just a a widget to be worked. Yeah. That's, that's really awesome. And like, I'm really impressed with five kids. I mean, I, we just have a newborn, a seven month. Congratulations. Thank you. And we have our hands full. So I can only imagine how five kids can keep you busy and give you gray hair. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely not easy, but I tell you some, sometimes uh, running a company has prepared me for the chaos of uh, having a larger family. And sometimes having a larger family has pre pre prepared me for the chaos of running a company. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, for me, it really taught me how to be a bit more efficient with my time because at the end of the day, you're trying to cram everything in and <laughs> yes, <laughs> have to make it happen. <laughs> Especially seven month old, you got to go around nap schedules. And so it's like, as soon as you get them down, then you got to like try to cram everything in before they wake up. Exactly, exactly. So yes, <laughs> you you know how it works. <laughs> I certainly do. Great, great. And I just, um, I've also noticed on your website, so you include a free audit. Is that a way for you to sort of qualify clients? Yeah, so we, we redesigned and relaunched our website last December. And one of the things with the new design and we have all new messaging, our content creator uh, and content strategist, Chase, did a phenomenal job going back through and rewriting. We actually redesigned it and added double the pages. Uh, one of the things that was important to us was to have a way to provide value up front. So we've had ebooks, we've had blog posts, but we never really had anything that I would consider interactive or gave feedback. You know, the, it, I think we could take the value higher. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things I've seen, you know, larger companies are able to, you know, custom code design their own sort of uh, audit. And we wanted to do the same thing, but, you know, maybe in a, in a slightly different way. And so for us, that was a way to qualify leads, but also even help some people that maybe they don't have the budget. They would qualify themselves out because of budget. But it would still be a way for us to give back. Um, our hearts have always leaned towards that, that 
you know, small and, and new business owner, that entrepreneur, that organization that's trying to get up on its feet. And it can seem like the, you know, the world of business and business software and, and digital marketing is a, is a very expensive place. Rightfully so. It takes a lot of effort and a lot of skill. But we wanted to find a, a way that we could provide value that way as well. And in cases where the client is qualified, it allows us to already have a good uh, starting point on where they're at. Because if we don't know where they're at, it's really hard to take them anywhere. Yeah, for sure. And I guess, you know, in terms of growing your agency, what has worked for you that you'd like to share with other agency owners? Oh, that is an excellent question. I think the... The biggest thing I feel like that has helped me was setting healthy boundaries around my work and my life. Mm-hmm. Um, it is tempting, and I've done this. Um, I, I feel like I've I've always been told I have a lot of energy, and I do. <laughs> but uh, learning that there are things outside of work allowed me to come back to work more fulfilled with more with actually more focus and more energy getting a good night's sleep probably one of the best growth things i can recommend to any entrepreneur because especially when if you're an agency owner and if you're in digital marketing so even if you're not an owner and you're listening to this too the work that we do happens between our ears that's why i I honestly i don't really dress up like i'm i wear a a T-shirt. Now I am a T-shirt snob, but I wear a T-shirt, jeans, and really comfortable, you know, like cool shoes because um, I got to be an individual, I guess. But the work that we do takes such a mental toll. And if you're so, if you're creative and you're writing and you're designing, it's going to take it out of you. You're going to be physically tired at the end of the day. As an agency owner, you not only, and especially if you're you have a small team and you can't fully delegate marketing sales and service of your agency to other team members, then you've not only got to be able to be creative in those spaces to provide value to the clients that you've sold something on, but you've also got to figure out your sales and your prospecting and your, you know, uh, how do our proposals look? What does this presentation look like? I'm making new connections and networking. How do I manage this person? Because if you start bringing on, you know, I said it's a dirty word, but if you start bringing on employees as opposed to contractors and you're really trying to do some team building, well, people add a whole other crazy variable that will mentally and emotionally drain if you want to do it well and you want to do it right and you want to treat people like people and not widgets, it will take everything from you. And if you want to have anything left at the end of the day, you need to get, you know, seven, eight hours of sleep. So I prioritize that. So some of it has just been time management that I say, you know, I'm, I'm blocking out my sleep. So tomorrow starts the night before for me. Everything, all, all my clothes are laid out. I take my kids to school. And so I have all of their, you know, I help them select their clothes, get that laid out. So when I go to bed, I know that first thing in the morning, I don't really have to make that many decisions. Mm-hmm. I can wake up and get at it. When I get to work, I know I'm at work and and I can focus there and be present. And then when it's time to close up and I really do focus on only working about 40 hours a week. And I know some agency owners will be laughing at that. That's that's fine. Um, but what I can tell you is that I've been able to grow a business and grow a healthy family and interest outside of that because I set healthy boundaries around my time. 
And yeah. so I think if you really do want to grow and not just grow fast and burn out um, like a firework, then you've got to set those boundaries. There's a, a guy, um, he wrote The Accidental Creative, and I just blanked on his name. But he's a, he's a phenomenal author, podcaster, um, great follow. But in, you can, I think you can find him, accidentalcreative.com. But he has three things. He says you need to be prolific, brilliant, and healthy. And there are a lot of prolific and brilliant people out there, especially in the agency space. Um, but I notice an absence of health. And health is what's going to allow people to go for the long haul. That's why I think I'm able to be standing nearly four years later and not insane, not on the brink of divorce, not on, you know, you know, disconnected from my kids and not disconnected from my people because other I've seen other agencies and I've seen other businesses, they spark, they take off. And because there weren't some good boundaries and there was a lack of health, it doesn't last very long. It was shiny while it lasted, but it's tragic when it falls. Uh, and, and that sort of stuff, you know, breaks my heart to see um, because there, there is a dark side to entrepreneurship and I'd like to see less of it in, in the world. Yeah. And, and you, I think you nailed it with, with setting boundaries. I think, you know, delegating is also something very important. I think, you know, mm -hmm. I guess my question would be, what's your advice when experienced agency owner who isn't ready to delegate or get help? Like, where do you start? Yeah. Um, it will scare the bejesus out of you to delegate because you feel like it's your baby. You built it. You nurtured it. You took care of it, especially when you start handing off big pieces or you landed that big client. But you know that there's you know, large parts of that delivery you can't handle in your delegation. I would say be really selective on who you hire. I think that can help alleviate a lot of the anxiety around it is if you feel very confident in the team that you've hired, whether you're outsourcing that or it's in-house. Either way, have the utmost confidence. Be be selective because, you know, I'm sure your clients want you to be a, a, a pleasant person who is respectful of, of everyone. You know, that that's great to deal with. But at the end of the day, they're going to be paying you for either high-end deliverables or paying you for a trans, transformation. So if you feel the utmost confidence about who you're handing a task off to, then delegation will feel less scary. The other piece I would say is don't throw a huge thing, a huge project or, or big important task right off the bat. Do it in small chunks. Slowly develop somebody into like, hey, I'm going to give you these two small tasks. If you do well with those, I'll give you three larger ones and then keep progressing. And I would say start delegating before you have to. Yeah, That can be a way uh, and a path to help somebody level up their skills uh, so that when it comes time to really put some weight on them, they, they've built up the support and the strength to be able to carry it for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's some really interesting um, tips. And talking about your, your team and delegating and, you know, that comes also with communications. You mentioned earlier that, uh, you know, you're looking into going remote and you're looking into different tools right now. Anything you'd like to share in terms of like great tools that you're using with your team, you know, and that could be, you know, from software to tools to apps, you know, and that's like Slack or all the Google Drive suite, etc. So any anything that sort of stands out for you that you are so happy you've discovered? Yes, and I absolutely love this question because I think, uh, one, I'm a nerd, so I love software, but 
Two, I think the tools that we use as owners might be more important than we give them credit, especially when they're internal. It was a game changer when uh, I, w- I was using Slack. Uh, I was using a couple of other tools. But when I went into Basecamp, which we're using Basecamp 3 right now, that changed a lot. It gave me a central source of truth for projects with clients. Now, we still have some ecosystems around, say, like HubSpot. We're a HubSpot partner. We love their software. That's definitely been a great way in terms of CRM and and external communication tracking, having HubSpot track all of that. We use G Suite, which I can't say enough good things about G Suite. Uh, I know Microsoft 365 might be coming along, but it will take a whole lot of convincing for me to ever tell someone to go with 365 over G Suite. But I am such a huge fan of Basecamp's model for calmness. And it really does have all the major elements you would like. Now, I know that there are different project management models and different things that you may feel like aren't supported by Basecamp. I get that. There are some nice extensions, especially if you're using Chrome, that make it feel native. Uh, Some have been like EverHour 3 was a great native integration. Uh, It looks nearly native. So we and we love the team over there. They're they're always, you know, adding value and and improving the product. And then we used one up until recently uh, that was a, a can it created Kanban boards out of our tasks. So so it almost looked like I tell people if you really like Trello, but you feel like some pieces are missing, just add tracked onto Basecamp and you're there. But it's made it difficult for us to consider another platform. And we've looked at some like Acelo was one that we demoed recently, just looking at some of the features that they look great. And I think it's a great platform, but we just communicate so well and so often inside of Basecamp and it allows us to have a really healthy culture. And that's one of the things that even our clients will comment on is just the health of the culture and the communication uh, around the team. And I honestly have to give a lot of credit to using the Basecamp app. It's also got a great uh, mobile app on iOS, which is what I use, um, but I see constant updates on on Android devices. So it's a well-cared-for platform. It's one where you can be well-supported. That's the other piece in selecting things, that how fast can I get a response? And it's typically under 15 minutes that I can get a fast and friendly response to any issues or questions I may have so it's been it's been a phenomenal tool for us to keep things together. So between Basecamp, HubSpot, and G Suite, we have most everything covered. There's a few other like one-off tools that you know we'll play with, but that's where we spend most of our day in terms of internal communication and helping us be a remote-esque or remote-friendly team. That allows us to stay in touch with each other, with our clients, keep the work all in one place instead of all over the place. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. And I guess there's another thing I'm really intrigued by is your pricing. So I'd love to like get into that because I've noticed. So you go through a point system and then you have three plans. So I guess I'm just intrigued how how you came up with that, um, you know, more as to, I guess, normally an agency like yours would just go, like, tell me which project you want us to work on. Here's a custom quote. And I guess you're going, you know, in a different direction. So explain to us why this this choice. Yeah. Uh, so that was something a little over a year ago. I 
had been wrestling with the whole hours for dollars dilemma, which I think at some point every agency, every freelancer wrestles with it. And either you're going to just make peace with it or you're going to try to find a new way to go about it. So there is a couple of people, uh, whether through books or actual phone calls, I had discussed different pricing models. Value-based pricing is something that still intrigues me, and I think it's an evolution to what we have now with points-based pricing. But points-based pricing was a great step. Uh, so with ours, what we what we discovered was that either we're very efficient and good at what we do, which means that we're not charging enough because we're good at it, which sounds stupid. Like if you're really good, you don't charge less, right? On the flip side, though, if we were learning something, then the client pays for it. And that's unfair to them. And so points were the great equalizer. And I still think we have a ways to go to really perfect that. But essentially, we we knew about how many hours at peak efficiency we could perform most common tasks. And we also found that trying to custom quote everything, one, it was made for a lengthy sales. Well, I say very, it just made the sales process take longer because then... We had to really go in and scope out all this stuff. Instead, what we found is that it, we could stay a lot more agile if we use the agile project management method, which we use. I'm not going to say we are strict uh, adherence to it. Uh, we don't have a strict adherence to it, but uh, there are elements that we find beneficial. And so I read through uh, the Jeff Sutherland's book, Scrum, uh, talked to some other people who were using points-based pricing. I studied uh, several other agencies' pricing uh, pages and their explanations. And so we launched out with this points-based pricing year, a little over a year ago, we started the rollout. Uh, we treated ourselves like a client at first and see uh, to see how it worked. And then we started rolling it out and we instantly got tons of positive feedback. Current clients loved it because they felt like they had far more clarity into what it is they were getting. We were being cheated on our hours if we were really fast on it, and they weren't being cheated on value. So it was a good match there. The other part was through the beginning of last year, like Q1 of last year, we landed 10 new clients. We ramped up really fast. And I think part of it was the ability to go in and say, we have these three plans. I believe if anybody is planning out a full year in advance on on some things, it's it to me is foolish uh, just because so many things can change. Algorithms change. None of us listening or talking right now own Google, Facebook, any of these major platforms that we need to use and leverage in order to build our businesses and build our clients' businesses. So planning that far in advance doesn't make total sense to me. And, and some people can argue that and that's fine. What we found is if we have points and we could look at a month by month or, or, or even a quarterly basis to achieve some projects, then it would help us have some focus. It would help the client budget. It would help us avoid scope creep because it's, you know, it can be a death by a thousand cuts when a client asks for something that it's small, that's small that takes, say, 10 minutes. Well, they're like 15 requests in to the month at 10 minutes a pop and you don't think anything about it, well, that's, you know, 150 minutes. You're coming in on like two and a half hours of unbilled time. That ends up cheating the agency and you end up losing a lot of money. 
So we found points was a great way to help protect us, provide value, and allow us to scale uh, more quickly and more easily. Uh, now we will customize something if somebody comes in and says, hey, I have X amount of, if somebody, like if you look at our plans, somebody comes in and says, I have $3,000 a month. Well, we don't have a $3,000 a month plan, but you can bet your sweet bippy, we will customize down to the points and say, well, for that amount, you can get this many points, which also allows us to protect ourselves and only provide that many services on a month to month basis. So they're still getting full value for it and nobody's being cheated. So that was the big the big push to move to points-based pricing. I think eventually once we really tighten up how well we function with points, then we'll uh, be evolving and looking at maybe a, a more value-based pricing model. Um, but I think that there's a, a minimum threshold for us to cross that we're not there yet that some of the larger agencies are, are able to accomplish and start moving that way. Sure, sure. And do you find that it's been difficult to explain the point-based Sometimes, sometimes yes. But when I when I position it as, hey, if I say, let's just say, for example, we suck at what we do, which we don't, but let's say it's taking us longer to do something, it's not fair to you to pay more. And they're like, well, yeah, absolutely. I'm not going to pay more for that. And we get them <laughs> on our side. And then we say, okay, well, on the same in the same breath, we we want to serve you. But we're also in this to feed our families and make a living. So if we're really good and really fast, it's also not fair to us to undercharge simply because we figured out how to be efficient. Otherwise, you're rewarding mediocrity. And that's not what we're about. So when we pitch it or, or, or position it as this is a way to, to be, you know, have more of a partnership mindset, to have more of a, of a fair, exchange of goods and services of value and money they tend to latch on to that and when they see oh like well how many hours well it takes that many hours and that much like people don't understand that um if they're not in this business but if i say you have 30 points a month it takes us uh three points to write a blog post it takes 21 points to create a pillar page they can go okay yeah i get that and we don't have to get into what the hours and all that stuff is. It just makes it a little bit more simple. So at first, sometimes there's a little pushback, but usually they're asking questions. And by the time we're done with their first month, uh, they're like, okay, cool. Well, how many points is this? And they're asking us, well, is this three points? Is that five points? Is that eight points? What is this? And so it also gives us a common language with them, which is really nice. Um, you know, speaking, whether it's internally or externally, common language really helps build trust and increases the speed uh, to deliver value. And so this is also a great way to uh, uh, create some common language around uh, what's being provided. It also allows them to budget a lot more easily than scoping multi-hour projects all the time and they don't know what they're getting. If they know I'm going to pay $37.50 a month for 30 points a month, well, it makes it easy to budget, especially if they're not the final say-so, then they can work that in as a line item and then suddenly it's it's a lot more friendly to the powers that be if it's a CFO or executive director or or even, you know, if it's a, a pastor or somebody like whoever makes final decisions on a budget. It's a little easier to say it's thirty seven fifty a month unless we do this and then we get discounts versus, well, it depends. It depends is a fast way to get to know. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, totally makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And as we're gearing towards the end of the podcast, I wanted to ask you, what's been the most influential book or podcast you've read or listened to lately, I guess, that you'd like to share with the audience? Whoa, okay. Um, So book, uh, I believe that self-awareness is probably the, the single best thing uh, anyone can do for themselves in terms of learning, you know, more about themselves and especially for agency owners and leaders. I've, I've studied and taken a lot of personality tests and exams. One of my degrees is in psychology. So I had a whole class in understanding how those things are made. But the, over the last 10 to 12 years that I've, I've really researched this, one has stood out and it's called the Enneagram and the, the book, The Road Back to You by Suzanne Stabile and, and Ian Morgan Cron is a great intro to that topic. And it's probably been the most transformative book that I've read in terms of how I lead, not just in business, but it's changed how I show up as a, as a husband, as a father, and as a friend. And it's given me far more compassion for myself and for others. And I think when we lead as, as owners from a place of compassion uh, we become a lot more attractive uh, to follow. And I think that that'll help build some businesses. In terms of podcasts, there's a lot of great ones. Uh, one lately that's been helpful is the Craig Rochelle Leadership Podcast. Now, he's a, he's a pastor, but he's a, a pastor of a church that averages like 100,000 on a weekend. They have 32 campuses in like 10 states. It's a it is a big organization by any standards for profit, nonprofit. And what he does is he addresses just very good general principles. There's a lot of good stuff on hiring people. Of course, he has, you know, probably, I don't know, probably 800 to 1000 staff members at this point and maybe even more volunteers, which, you know, leading volunteers is like herding cats. So I have a lot of respect for people who lead volunteers, but that would be a great podcast. That one's a monthly, but that's a good one. Um, but I have plenty of others. I'm a podcast junkie and I've been diving into a lot of books, but those would be two I'd point everybody in the direction of. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Kenny, for taking the time to chat with us today. Um, if, uh, you know, people wanted to learn more about you and the work that you do, is there any um, website or address or social media account that they should check out? Yeah, so you can find us online. Uh, our agency is is Phoenix 21 Creative Agency. And so we're PHNX, so it's Phoenix without the vowels, 21creative.agency. If you want to find me, uh, I, I love being on, on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Kenny Lang. That's K-E-N-N-Y-L-A-N-G-E. Uh, you can find me there. Find me on, I have a Facebook page. Agency's there too. And I'll, also KennyLang.com. I haven't updated that place in a while, but I'm hoping to get back at it this year. Perfect. Awesome. So we'll also add that in the podcast, podcast uh, notes. So thank you so much, Kenny, uh, for chatting with us today. My pleasure, Mayan. It was great talking with you. Thank you. Thanks.